God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labels. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. In the name of Jesus. In one minute, can you ask him for a mighty visitation and encounter this evening? In one minute, can you say, Lord, I have come for an encounter. I have come for a mighty visitation. My heart is open. Show me yourself. Show me your word. Let your kingdom come to my life by the reason of your word this evening. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you for the package you have for us this evening. Oh, hallelujah. I'm excited because our lives are going to change this evening. Your word is coming with power and everybody must have a testimony. And our lives become a testament of your mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, you are fully welcome. In your fullness and in your power. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's be seated. We started very important study or series last Sunday on the kingdom keys for financial dominion, which is under the theme, the recovery of the kingdom dominion mandate. And if we are going to do a quick recap of the things that the Lord showed us last Sunday. Let me start with uh, reminding us of the meaning of financial dominion. We said it's the mastery and the management of money by a believer. You remember we said an unbeliever has no capacity to rule or master money. No, he doesn't. So we said the mastery and the management of money by a believer with the aim of ruling and controlling it as it increases abundantly. And we say the goal of financial dominion is that you know you are to increase increasingly prosper financially as your soul prospers. As your soul prospers. Not at the expense of your soul. Until you come to the point where you have completely conquered poverty and financial hardship alongside all the problems they come along with. We define poverty as the condition 
in which a person or family or community lack the financial resources and essentials for a minimum standard of living. Whether the person is in a job or is doing a business, the total income that is coming to his hand is not enough to meet his food, drink, cloth, shelter, etc. needs. And we saw seven causes of poverty, disobedience to the word of God, hidden and unconfessed sin, ignorance of the ways of God, laziness, stinginess, mismanagement of God's resources, and being in a haste. And we also saw uh, seven basic characters of money. Money is a master that seeks to control. It deceives men to think that it is all and all. And so pushes them to pursue it at the very cost of their soul. Money has an insatiable nature. No matter how much you have, you want to have more. It's unrighteous in his character. It's not justice. doesn't play justice. Anybody can get it through enemies and he will still allow himself to be used. Change, he changes people's character negatively. It can make people to be arrogant and high-minded and it can shift people's heart away from God, making men to trust in uncertain riches than in the living God. It can exchange the soul of a man. Amen. We a bit looked at uh, one or two things about how Jesus, our master, worked in financial dominion. And we are going to be more detailed today uh, on that. We are going to look at 12 pieces of evidence in the Gospels that showed that Jesus worked in financial dominion. Number one, in Luke 2.17, even though he was born in a manger, but we know that it was because the Bible said there was no room in the inn, in the hotel, where he was born. At that time, uh, Augustus Caesar, who is the ruler of the whole world, ordered for a census that everybody should return back to their uh, house for census. And Joseph and Mary were on their journey, and that giving birth happened on the way. And it was because so much people were returning back and they filled up the um, inn that the only space available is a manger. So that Jesus was born in a manger does not mean that they didn't have money to give birth to him in a good hospital. Because some people used to say Jesus was poor because he was born in a manger. No. It was circumstantial. Amen. As a child, we saw that in Matthew 2, 11, he received costly gifts from the magi, the, three wise, uh, the, the wise men that came from the uh, east. They saw a star, and they say a king is born. And they offered him treasures, gold, frankincense, and man. And then number three, we saw also that he took care of 12 men. 12 men were living with him. And he was responsible for their feeding. Even taking care of some of them, like someone like Peter that has a family. I believe that Jesus has a way of taking care of Peter and his family too. So Jesus 
was not a poor man. If he's a poor man, he couldn't have fed 12 men morning, afternoon, and night for three and a half years. Are you agreeing with me? Our master did not live in poverty. Some of us have just few people to take care of, but we are still struggling. Jesus has 12, and we saw that he never lacked. Number four, in Luke chapter 8, look at Luke chapter 8, we saw, you know, the caliber of people that were supporting and following him, supporting his ministry financially. In Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3, the Bible said it came to pass that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. Who is Herod? Herod is the king, isn't it? The steward of Herod, the person that is in charge of his, um, yeah, the wife of that man, then Susanna and many others. Did you see many others there? Many others. They do what? They ministered unto him out of their what? Their substance. So having such wealthy people around him supporting his ministry is an evidence that he, he, he was never in lack. Are you following? Now, some people say that Jesus does not have a house. Because on one occasion in Luke chapter 9, he told a man that wanted to follow him, he said that forties have no hold. Um, best of the hair has no necks. But um, the son of man, has, uh, they have necks, they have hold, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his hand. So based on that, they say Jesus has no home. But he forgot that when he was starting his ministry, in Matthew chapter 4, look at Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. You look at verse... Verse 12. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. Are you there? And now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, what did he do? He departed into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and did what? And lived. That word means lived in Capernaum. Nazareth was his home where he was born and brought up. When he was about to start the ministry, the Bible says he left Nazareth and came and maybe possibly rented a house. Will he live in the air in Capernaum? He must have had a flat like you. Eh? Where he is living. So for you to think that he didn't have a... Can I have Mark chapter 2, verse 1? Anybody in Mark 2, verse 1? With NIV. I would like NIV to read. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Is there no NIV here? A few days later, Jesus entered Capernaum. People heard that he has what? Come back home. 
What's the meaning of that? Okay. This one says, he was at home. Is there anyone that says, in his house? Which one is that? Eh? New King James. Hallelujah. So Jesus has a house. And for the Bible to say his house, maybe he's the one that built it. <laughs> he's a landlord, not a tenant. Hallelujah. You know why we are looking at this? We are looking at this because becoming like Jesus must cut across board. Are you following me? If Jesus walked in financial dominion and we are his disciples, we must also what? That's why we are looking at it, so that you have every reason to reject poverty. Eh? Amen. Now, let's look at the next one. He has unlimited access to resources anytime he wants. He cannot be broke or come to a point where, oh, there is a need and he doesn't have anything to meet it. He has access. Eh? You may say he doesn't have assets, but he has what? Assets. What is assets? You are not carrying your money around, but you have ATM card. Anytime you need money, what do you do? You take the assets and assess. So he knew that heaven has opened for his provision. So when the tax collectors caught him and said, are you not paying tax, you and Peter? He said, Peter, ah, I cannot be held hostage. Go and fetch money. That's access. He fed 4,000. He fed 5,000, two of us. Such a man, can you call him a poor man? No. He can never come to a point where he is stranded. Again, he is an ardent giver to the poor. Look at John 13. John 13 verse 27 to 29. What happened here was where Jesus told the disciples that one of you will betray me and they were saying, is it I? Lord, is it I? And then it came to pass that it was Judas. And then he now said to him in verse 27, look at verse 27, John 13, 27. Okay. And after the sop, Satan entered into him, that's Judas. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, do quickly, eh? Now, no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. Uh -huh. For some of them thought, because Judas had the back, that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Are you noticing something there? The other disciples, when Jesus said to Judas, what you want to do, do quickly. They thought that Jesus had said to Judas, go and give money quickly to the poor. That is to say, it is a constant practice. Are you getting me? Let me ask you, a poor man, does he give something to the poor? Have you seen a beggar begging on the road, and after he has begged for the day, he now says, I think I've collected enough money today. It's time to start giving. Have you ever seen such kind of thing in your lifetime? 
I want to assure you that you will never see till you die. Poor people, they don't give. They are always in the mood, one particular mood, one. Mood of what? Collecting. Receiving. Because they believe that they don't have enough. So when you ask them, give me, they will say, I beg, what I have is not going to be enough for me. How can you ask me to give you? For Jesus to be an ardent giver to the poor, to the extent that the disciples mistook a simple instruction, you know, to being given to the poor, shows that Jesus was never a poor man. Those of you that are poor, who have planned to be poor, and are planning to be poorer, I command you today, in the name of the man you are following, get out of poverty. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You can see that the man we are becoming like is not a poor man. I want to be like him. I don't know about you. Amen. Now look at John chapter 12. In John chapter 12, two things happened there. A woman came and anointed him with a very costly ointment. They called her name Mary. And they say that the cost of that um, ointment is a civil servant's minimum wage for one year. That is when you collect a civil servant's minimum wage for one year, you will now use it to buy the perfume. And this woman came and broke that perfume on Jesus. I don't know. Minimum wage for Nigeria is 30,000, isn't it? 30 times 12 is what? Eh? 360,000 naira. Can you imagine somebody buying a single perfume, 360,000 naira, and didn't inform you that it is for you, coming to you and breaking it, and pouring it on you and say, I want to anoint you so that you'll be smelling fine. Somebody is shouting already. <laughs> now, you can see what poverty is doing. <laughs> poverty is making her to shout. Because, you know, you will just be, ah, why didn't you tell me that this is what you plan to do? So that I will use the money for... <laughs> and that was the problem of the disciples. The Bible says all of them were angry and mad at this woman. I said, why did you do this? And the Bible even said that Judas was also part of them. Because Judas was a thief. Eh? Planning to steal the money when the money entered the bag. Are you, are you getting it? Jesus, as they were quarreling and fighting, he was talking to them and said, so you mean I don't want such a costly perfume? I hope you are following. <laughs> eh? You mean that I don't want such costly thing? Leave this woman. She has done a good work on me. Huh? I'm a rich man. Eh? This uh, perfume should come more and more and anoint me and prepare me for the burial. Oh, hallelujah. You know, some of us, that's, that's what they call poverty mentality. Have you heard that word before? That's the matter here now. Jesus did not have poverty mentality because he was never poor. Like some of us, somebody may give you money, let's say 10,000 naira, say, use this 10,000 naira, prepare a soup, and cook it, just one soup, and eat it. Ah. Some of us, we, we divide the money into four, and use two five, two five, to prepare four soups. 
poverty mentality. You are getting out of it in this season. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, we are very serious. I hope you know. Let me tell you something. I was preparing for this message and then I slept off. Then when I slept off in the dream, God continued to teach me what I am preparing. I mean, the, the, the teaching continued. He was teaching me more and more things. In the dream, when I woke up, I said, wow. So God, you are so interested in this matter that even in the dream, oh, that was when I know that the matter is very serious. Very serious. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus has a treasurer, an accountant, Judas. Now, let me ask. Was he aware that Judas was stealing money from the post? If you are the one that discovered that, assuming you even have an accountant, and you discover that the man is stealing money from your... Yeah. What, what are you going to do? The first day you're going to hear it. Ah. You will sack the man. But look at a rich man. So rich that he was like, what can he steal? Are you following me at all? What can he steal? Ah, yes, he will just steal one chicken money like that. And the money will remain there. If he steal today, a lot are coming tomorrow. So allow him. Is that not a rich man? The master we are serving, we are following, is not a poor man. Tell your neighbor, talk to your neighbor. I'm not sure you are hearing me. Maybe your, your neighbor will hear you better. Our Lord Jesus did not work as a poor man. So you cannot be poor. Say, neighbor. I command you in the name of Jesus. Come out of poverty today. Hallelujah. Now, he said something. Look at that scripture. I think three things are in that place. We are mentioned to look at that scripture. I think in verse um, 7, verse 7, he said, Then said Jesus, while they were worrying the woman, leave her alone against the day of my burial. Eh? Has she kept this? Everybody, verse 8 together, want to go. For the poor always you will have with you. But me, you don't have always. Now, by saying this, did he call himself a poor man? Are you getting it? He said, you people have the poor. Always. We used to help them. Always. But me, a rich man. Are you, are you getting Jesus? He never called himself the poor. He know who are the poor. He is not one of them. So he referred to the poor and sent them to give money to the poor because he's a rich man. In Luke 22, verse 35, run to that place. Luke chapter 22, verse 35. Are you there? If you are there, let's read together. One to go. And he said unto them, When I sent you without pause and script and shoes, lucky anything, and they said nothing. He never suffered lack. And his 12 disciples, even on the ministry front, they never lacked anything. When I sent you out to go and preach, did you lack money? Did you lack anything? No, nothing. 
Amen. Again, look at this one will we, we shock you now. Tell your neighbor, I'm about to shock you now. John chapter 19. Look at a shocking thing in verse 35, 23 to 24. It's, a, it's very shocking. John 19, 23 to 24. Are you there? Yes. Let's read together. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts. To every soldier, a part. And also his coat. Now, the coat was without seam, weaving from the top throughout. Verse 24. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they parted my remnant among them, and for my vexture, they did cast votes. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Well-paid civil servants, struggling for a cloth of a rich man. You, you, you didn't get what he said. If Jesus was wearing rag, what do you think? They will start struggling for his cloth? No. They saw the cloth of the man. They said, wow. This is an opportunity. As we have killed him, let's what? Take the advantage and get expensive, beautiful, wonderful cloths. So they div- the Bible says garments. They divided it. You think soldiers are wasting their time for nothing that is not serious. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? So Jesus did not wear rag and be going about and say, I'm Jesus. All that matters is my spiritual life. Eh? What I wear does not... Uh... No. He wore nice clothes to the extent that even soldiers were struggling. They were struggling for his clothes. And I think it is starting. I've mentioned 12 to 1, but I just remembered one. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Do you remember that when he died, a very rich man went and begged to be given opportunity to bury his body in his... Are you getting what I'm saying? A very rich man pleaded with the governor, say, please, grant me the privilege. A new tomb I have... So he was buried powerfully in a very rich prepared tomb. Can somebody clap for our wealthy Jesus? Amen. So from today, anytime you are saying, Edeka Jesus, eh? anytime you are singing it, I hope you know you have to add this aspect. Eh? Edeka Jesus, becoming like Jesus, not one-sided. Becoming like Jesus in every every way. That's why we are his disciples. Christian means Christ-like. Amen. Now, the next thing we are going to look at is what are the proper motivations, motives, 
that we are going to have in order to seek and pursue financial dominion or prosperity. This is quite important, and I would like you to pay a very serious attention. The motive. Why do I want to prosper financially? Why do I want to be a wealthy man like my master Jesus? What did he use his wealth to pursue? Are you following me now? Now, please, there are some dangerous scriptures. I call them dangerous because you need to take note of them because of the danger that is inside. Are you following me? I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. It's a dangerous verse. Whenever I, that's my work, you know, as maybe somewhat God has raised to teach us. When I see a danger, I will alert you. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. Are you there? Okay, let us read it together. I want to go. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Prosperity of what? Fools shall what? Destroy them. What is the meaning of that? A man in Luke 12 Jesus told the story. His ground brought forth abundantly. Some of us, you know the story. From verse 15 to 21. And when his ground brought forth abundantly, instead of the man to recognize God who made it possible and ask God, what is it for? So that I can use it properly. The man said, my soul, you have abundance of resources. Now you can eat, relax, enjoy yourself, comfortable. In fact, you are not going to work for many years. Some call it financial independence or freedom and all of that. You don't need to work again. Because why you are working before is to get money. Now you have gotten money. No longer. And the Bible says as he was still talking. God of heaven said, you fool. You are a fool. And your prosperity tonight will do what? We destroy you. Who is a fool? A fool is someone who is not wise. Who is a wise man? A wise man is somebody that has knowledge and has understanding and then is applying the knowledge. Wisdom is application of knowledge. Are you getting me at all? Let me come again because this point is very important you get it. A wise man is a man that has knowledge and have understood the knowledge he has and is applying the knowledge. That's a wise man. Now, that definition, that alone will show you something about wisdom. That wisdom is compartment, compartment, and 
Compartmentalize. Wisdom is what? Okay, let me use a simpler English. Wisdom is divided. You can have a knowledge in a, let's say, relationship and understand relationship and then you are applying it. So when it comes to relationship, you are a wise man. But that does not mean that when it comes to money, eh, that you have knowledge and you have understanding and you are applying it. So when it comes to spiritual life, prayer, you may have knowledge, you may have understanding, and you are applying it. So when it comes to prayer, you are what? A wise man. When it comes to ministry, when it comes to preaching, you have knowledge about what ministry is all about. You have understanding, and you are applying it. So when it comes to ministry, you are what? A wise man. But when it comes to money, you may have no knowledge or little knowledge, and this is one reason why so many are poor. Because God will want to, especially believers, God will want to keep you poor. Since you don't have knowledge and understanding, are you following me at all? You don't have knowledge and understanding, and not talking of applying it. Some have knowledge, they don't have understanding. Some have knowledge, have understanding, but they don't want to apply it. So God will want to keep you poor because if he prospers you, that prosperity will do what to you? And God doesn't want to destroy you. Tell your neighbor, God doesn't want to destroy you. And that's why he kept you poor. Because if, if he gives you prosperity... When you have no knowledge, your, that prosperity will do what? How many of you are following what I'm talking about? You may have wisdom in area of maybe dressing or sewing, like some of us are powerful, you know, tellers and all of that. That's the area. That does not mean that you have wisdom in the area of money. Don't know much. How money works, the things about especially for us in the kingdom of God. The things you are supposed to know. And because you don't know that, God will make sure that you don't have it. So that you, you will not be destroyed before your time. Like this rich fool. How many of you would like to be like that man? We just suddenly prosper. And money everywhere. And the next thing that is taking place is what? Your death. Your destruction. Do you like that kind of thing? That's why God has been crying. My people are destroyed. My people are poor. My people are weak because they lack what? Some that have knowledge lack what? Understanding. Some have knowledge and have understanding. They don't want to apply. And so, they keep on suffering. But Tell your neighbor, God has come to our rescue in this season. That's why we are here. Because every knowledge we need, he is going to be unveiling it. For those that are going to be serious. The devil will be fighting so many of you in this season to ensure that you get half knowledge, which is dangerous. Like if you, like if you come late now, you may be enjoying what you are saying. But you don't know that so many things have been said, which 
will haunt you. The greatest weapon in the hand of the devil against any man, believer and unbeliever, is ignorance. Ignorance is called darkness. And the devil is the prince of darkness. The devil is the prince of ignorance. Knowledge is called light. And God is light. Oh, you are not following me. So, look at Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 11. You see something there. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 11. Are you there? If you are not there, look at the screen. For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore, I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thy hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to thy needy in thy land. God is speaking. He said, I know that some men will be stubborn and stubborn to the extent of refusing knowledge. And because of that, they will be kept poor so that they will not be destroyed. As a result of that, the poor will always be there. They will be there not because God created and wanted them poor, but because they didn't follow the pathway that will get them out of poverty. Are you following me? Okay. All of these are the background you must have before we get into what are the motivation? What are the things that shall be your motive? When they say God wants to make somebody here a millionaire, a billionaire, and you say, yes, I want to be the person. What is your motive? What exactly do you want? Why do you want that? That's what we are going into now. Some people want to prove a point. You see, this is my uncle. Eh? He has dealt with us because we are poor. I am trusting God. I am what? I am trusting God. When I will hit it, eh? I will go show him. Have you had that kind of thing before? Some of you have that kind of mindset. Eh? You want to prove a point. You want to show this your uncle that my God is able. <laughs> That's a very wrong motive for seeking financial dominion. When God sees that kind of heart, he will not open his treasures to you. Are you following me? Very wrong. You are not proving any point to any man. God is not interested in that. So just want to boast. The Bible called one of the things in the life pride of life. They just want to boast. Some want to use their, their wealth to oppress people. Some want to use it to live a flamboyant, extravagant lifestyle. So many reasons, wrong reasons, wrong motives. Why people want to, you know, get out of poverty. There are, you know, two major, I'll add one minor, two major reasons, two correct, proper motive that you must establish your heart with. To have that will motivate you for financial prosperity and 
dominion. And then God will be ready to give it to you. You know, God looks at the heart. I hope you know. I hope you know. Yeah. I want God to do this for me. I want it to happen and all of that to happen. He looks at the heart. He looks at your motive to know exactly what is motivating you. There are two of them. We are going to quickly look at them um, briefly. Number one, to advance the kingdom of God. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we are going to read it together with Luke chapter 12. Matthew chapter 6. Are you Matthew 6? Look at verse 31 to 33. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or whither we are, shall we be clotted? In bracket, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Next verse. Everybody read it together. I want to go. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Verse 30 to 31. Luke chapter 12, 30 to 31. Okay, let's read it together from the screen. One to go. For all these things do the nations of the world seek. Okay, start from verse 29, please. 29. 29. Okay, let's go. And seek not ye what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Neither be ye of doubtful mind. Then verse uh, For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knoweth that you have need of these things. Then that one. But rather Seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Are you seeing Jesus talking clearly to his disciples? Making a distinction between the disciples and the unbelievers. The Gentiles he was referring to, the nations of the world he was referring to are unbelievers. He said, they are walking Opening business centers because they are looking for what to eat, what to drink. But you, my disciples, if you are to walk, if you are to open a business center, it is not going to be because you are looking for what to eat. It must be because you are seeking for what? The kingdom of God. Do you remember the first message? Do you remember the message about the kingdom? Why we are created. Do you remember? To do what? To have dominion. To bring down the kingdom of God in heaven down to the visible earth. That is why he created us. And so Jesus said, when you are working, when you are doing business, when you are looking for expansion, 
when you are looking for prosperity, let it be because of the kingdom of God that must advance. Otherwise, there will be no difference between you and the unbelievers. All unbelievers, all the nations of the world, they are looking for the stains. NIV, Psalm 122, verse 9. NIV. Psalm 122, verse 9. NIV. If you are holding NIV and you are there, can you read it for us quickly? For the sake of the house of the Lord. Uh-huh. We will seek your prosperity. For the sake of the house of the Lord. Not for the sake of our personal gain and interest. For the sake of the house of the Lord, oh God, we will do what? We seek your prosperity. Prosper us because of your house. Prosper us. When the children of Israel were living in Egypt, in Exodus 12, 36, Read Exodus 12, 36. God gave them favor before the Egyptians. And when they asked the Egyptians, give us money, give us silver, gold, look at it. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them. That lent is not borrow, you know. That favor is making them to release unto them such things as required. And they spoiled. Who has a, a simpler version? NIV. Let's hear how he put it. Please be fast. Exodus 12, 36. Yes. Uh-huh. They gave them what they asked for. Go, go to uh, 35 so that you see what they asked for. The Israelites acted on Moses' word and asked the Egyptians for what? Silver, number one. What again? Gold, jewelry. And what again? Clothing. And God caused the Egyptians to give it to them and they plundered. Plundered means that every money in Egypt left their hand and transferred to to Israelites. It was a transfer. The whole wealth in Egypt. Listen carefully. This Bible, until the Holy Ghost explained it to you, you will not understand it. You need to understand what happened here. There was no single silver or gold that remained in Egypt. What happened was that when they have left, they started generating again. They plundered them. They spoiled them. They gave them everything. Say, go, take, take, take. It was God that was at work. Why did God do that? See the reason in Exodus 25. Exodus chapter 25. This one happened in Exodus 12. In chapter 25, the Lord spoke to Moses, verse 1, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an what? Offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. Go ahead. Verse 2. Over now. This is the offering which you shall take of them. Gold, 
Where did they get the gold, please? From the Egyptians. Silver. Are you following me at all? These are, they are in the wilderness now, journeying towards Canaan. And God is requiring of offering. Now, why is God asking them for the offering? Verse 8. Jump to verse 8. And let them use these things they are going to offer to me to do what? To make me a sanctuary so that I will dwell among them. Brothers and sisters, listen. Anytime you see yourself prosper financially, it is because there is a kingdom assignment that God wanted that prosperity to fulfill. Are you hearing me at all? Do you remember that when Moses wasted, he didn't waste time, he stayed longer at the mountain for 40 days. Do you remember that this same material, before this, Moses was on the mountain when God was asking him for this. But before Moses will come down from the mountain, what has happened? Aaron has collected the same gold and silver and used it to make what? I do. That's what happens to people. Somebody is getting healed at your right leg now. Right leg. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When you don't understand the purpose for which God has brought increase, you will turn that increase to an idol. What is an idol? What takes more of your time and attention than God? That's why money is a God to so many people. Even the poor. Controlling them. Controlling their feelings and their actions. It's a pity that some of our brothers and sisters that you know, God blessed Maybe with a good job, prospered, and all of that, they don't understand that it is for the house of the Lord. Remember Psalm 122, verse 9. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your prosperity. Not for the sake of my own life. That's, I'm see, let me tell you. There is God. Do you believe that there is God? He's watching. You may say, eh, I will. Make money, I will start a business, I will travel abroad, I will do this and do that. You will try, try everything will fail. Not because God doesn't want to help you, but because the motive is wrong. You have not gotten the correct motive, right heart motive for which God will bless you or prosper you. And let me tell you, the, th- the cycle will continue. You will think that it is because you did not plan well now. That was why the thing did not work. You now go back again and say, let me now. By the time you plan, 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 at the end of the day, the thing will still scatter until your heart is properly positioned. They made idol of the money that God gave them by favor and they began to worship that same idol. They began to, you know, buy lands. That's what some of our brothers are doing. 
You buy land. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong in buying land. But what I'm saying is that sometimes you see a brother or a sister that has, let's say, up to 50 million naira. And then the house of God is in a need of 10 million naira. Oh, 10 million is even too much. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? He will use the 50 million naira to go and buy land. And the house of God will be suffering. Is it happening or not? So we travel from Ukraine to Hong Kong. Each travel is, they say, 2.5 million naira flight. Then by the time we travel seven times, just within one month, you will notice that the money that could have changed the old decayed rug or carpet of the church, he will still come back to the church and give offering. Oh my God. Are you following me at all? I am looking for some people here that will say to God, eh? I know that many has failed you. I'm talking about both brothers and sisters. But can you trust me? I'm going to seek the prosperity of your house. If you will bless me, it is not going to be for my sake. It's going to be for your kingdom advancement. And you will set an example. Look at their house. Every room have AC. But they even stop coming to fellowship because fellowship doesn't have AC. Are you following what I'm saying? What does it take them to get an AC? Nothing. The money is there. The work of God keeps suffering because the people that God blessed favored. They lack understanding. And they are worshipping and idolizing the money. Like the people of Egypt, uh, Israel in Egypt. Somebody is changing today. Somebody's motive is changing today. In the name of Jesus Christ. It is to advance the kingdom. That is why God primarily blessed his people. When you read First Chronicles chapter 29, I wish I can have time to read from verse 10 to, 20, uh, to 19. You see David saying, Lord, I know. Please, just let's enjoy the reading quickly. We are for First Chronicles 29 verse 10. See the prayer of David after they finish donating for the house of the Lord. God said to David, you will not build this house. Your son, Solomon, will build the house because you have fought so many wars and your hand is full of blood. David now said, okay, if I'm not going to build the house, let me provide everything. Let me donate everything that will be used to build the house of the Lord. He said, because I understood that God prospered me and blessed me so that his sanctuary will be glorified. And he began, when they finished giving, he began to speak in verse 10. He said, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is what? Thine. Do you believe that? How many things? 
All of them. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. And thou art exalted as what? Head above all. Both, everybody was twelve together. Want to go? Read it very powerfully. Want to go? Both riches and honor, they come from God. You reign it over all. And in thy hand is power and might. And in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. I wish you know this. If you know that riches and honor in his hand, you will not abandon your quiet time to go and pursue money. You left God and you are running to pursue money. What do you think you will get? The person that is with you, waiting for you to, you know, fellowship with you, in his hand is what you are pursuing. Can you see our foolishness? Eh? Come. He is looking for food. And I have a lot of them here. Come. And he's discussing with me. And I have a generous heart to give him food. Then he said, Sir, I don't have time. Oh, I want to go and get food. He run. Is that not foolishness? In your hand, both riches. Let me say this. Please listen carefully. Where God is going with us, we have not come to that point yet. Are you following me? The thing that God wants to do is not what some of us are thinking. You know what some of us are thinking? is um, I am I'm just trusting God. If me and my family can have something to eat, and then, no. 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 God wants everybody here to become so much wealthy that the unbelievers become envious of you. You will have your own land. Build house on our Sadegafo. You know, I was in Abakeleke. This week was just travel for me. I traveled to Ehandago on Tuesday, where I ministered to the village people there. Then on Wednesday, it was UNN Discipleship Reunion. Then on Thursday, we had Father's Congress. Then on Friday morning, I was in Abakeleke for the uh, kind of um, ASF conference, chapter conference. And then I came back from Abakeleke, moved straight to Nsoka, to the Anglican church where I preached yesterday and this morning. Now, when I was at Abakeleke in the house of one brother, we entered this parlor. It was beautiful. I was saying, hey, brother, your parlor is beautiful. Oh, wonderful. In fact, I was challenging Joshua. I said, Josh, can you? And the Holy Ghost said, shut up your mouth. Can't he own a building here? He entered into a flat, paid, and you are talking. What stops disciples from owning houses at independence layout? You remember what happened when we... Oh my God. Tell your neighbor, God go deliver me and you. That's where we are now. Because he, he, he will come with force to lift you up with fire to the point where you will be free from all these forces. And you become established. Remember, it must be for the kingdom. For the advancement of God's kingdom. Ah! Oh, God. There are so many distractions. So many distractions that poverty and problems distracts us from. You can imagine that 
the brain and the head you are going to use to be thinking about how do I win souls? What are you thinking about? The school fees of the school has been increased. Oh. Where do we run from here? The price of, you know, I used to go to market with 10,000, I will buy enough. Now, going to market with 10,000, I will not even buy anything. This is what is burdening your head from morning to night. Some of us will think, think, think. Your head will be very hot and you will start having high BP. This is a brain you are supposed to be thinking about. How many souls will I win this month? Who is thinking about it? Oh, are you following me at all? Poverty is deadly. It's a distraction. You need to seek to be prosperous so that your brain can be free from all this distraction and focus on what? From nation to nation. Using your gifts to advance the kingdom of God. Bring men from sin into righteousness. And not be thinking and be worried about school fees, about what to eat, about what to wear, about house rent. You know, you know, you know several landlords are very serious. Very serious. On the, as the date of your payment is reaching, it will give you a reminder. Did you remember? And then on that day, wah, early in the morning, it will knock. Bah, 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 bah. Yes, can I have it? As he's asking, Nepa Bill is coming. As Nepa is coming, what of gas? To even cook food. You have food now. To cook it. Somebody will be lifted above these principalities and powers. Because when this thing begins to trouble you, you are bothering, where do we eat? Okay, we have reduced our eating from three square meals to two now. And even these two, we are hope, maybe by next month it will be reduced to one. I want my wife, I said, our eating standard will never reduce in this season because we are working in financial dominion. Do you know that song that uh, uh, this lady sang? Working in dominion. <laughs> oh God. He's not only singing, no. Tell your neighbor you will walk in financial dominion as Jesus walked in the name of Jesus. So we need to seek prosperity so that we can be free from these troubles and distractions and problems of poverty and concentrate. Somebody say concentrate. Ah, ah. When you are praying, you know you are praying and say, God, let there be revival. I'm not praying for seven hours so that food will come. Ah, ah. Seven hours that should have been used to pray for revival and for souls to be won. And plan. We are using it to... Our brain should be employed. That's why it says seek. Don't seek. Seek is a, a, a work you do with your brain. Am I correct? Yes. Every part of you will be there seeking. God, we need to equip us with financial prosperity so that we can do the work of the kingdom better. And be more productive. Do you know that there are some of us, there are books that you are supposed to read that will help you get better knowledge. But when you say, how much is this book? They say, 2005. What do you do in the bookshop? You just drop it. And you are looking for 200 naira. But what you need that will equip you for better kingdom work is in that 
book. Are you getting what I'm talking about? We need to have something to get the best of training materials. The best of training. We need to have a, a, a working environment. For example, I'm a minister. I need to have a ministerial office that is well, fully air-conditioned. So that when I go there and I want to pray, oh, hallelujah. And I want to think about the work of God. Something is blowing on my head. And the revelation and the inspiration will be flowing like a river. Amen. It will make us to be more productive. Excuse me. Is it going to cost you diarrhea if you enter here and there are split unit AC all over the place? And you are experiencing sh- you, you know, you, some of you will like to come on time because before you come, see it has finished inside. I said, nah, eh, I don't want to miss this ACO. Is he a sin? You will notice that the, as I'm teaching, you will be understanding faster. That's what's one reason why we have to. Because as I'm talking now, if we are where we are supposed to be, someone will say, what are we waiting for? Please, next Sunday, I'm filling everywhere with split unit AC. But can it be done now? Yeah. You see our problem. What of buying time? This is your public transport. When are you going to have car and save time? You will stand at a, when I when we came to Enugu for the first time. I noticed that Enugu people are different kind of human beings from Anambra State. That was when they used to transport ten naira from um, let's say depot to mayor. Needs a ten naira, and then you see the person will be standing there, and the boss say twenty naira. And he will stand there for the next one hour. And eventually, I don't know how they used to succeed. In Anambra, if you tell the person uh, uh, 29, you will enter. Because he, oh my God. <laughs> no, that's true. Have you noticed it's true? They will just stand there. Whether time is going or is not going, it doesn't concern them. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about you having your own Car with AC inside. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So that you will save time of standing and waiting. And Some of you have entered a bus through the window. Because the number of passengers that are... And you are struggling and push me, I push you, you know? Because the buses are few. Tell your neighbor, God is delivering you from this kind of thing. It's not a sin to have a car and use it to save time. You don't have all the time to... You are getting old every day. Eh? You don't have all the time to serve God. The little time we have, you can't... You see, they are criticizing people that have private jets. I told them to wait for me because my own is coming. Let them sharpen their mouth. Because if a man of God will save time of booking a flight and then missing a flight, sometimes you will miss a flight. If he can save time by having his own private jet, one of our brothers wanted to come to Enugu on Saturday so that they will conclude the deal on our land at MNN, the 30 plot we bought. Now, he is the chairman of the project committee. He came to um, Amansid. You know that road is very bad, those of who know. And everywhere closed. 
He stayed there for how many clothes? He now went through uh, Ufuma. Eh? Through Anambara Agolo, Ufuma. And to enter Oji River. Reached Oji River. Oji River again, blocked. He said after four hours, the place was blocked. And then his car started overheating. I said, it's like demons doesn't want you to come. They fought to side, this side. They fought to, he said he has to turn back. I said, brother, you see the reason why you need a private jet? He said, yes, so if he has a private jet, what do you think he will do? Sharp, sharp. He will be is in any The reason why A has private jet may be different from the reason why B has private jet. Motive is what we are dealing with now. What is the motive of A? He wants to show off that I'm a rich man. One of those that have uh, money. That's why I see my private jet. But B is saying, I want to save time and use this time saved to advance the kingdom. Do you understand? So we need to have this correct mindset that God is seeking to see in us in order to advance us financially. And then the next one is that we are to have a motive of glorifying God by our financial prosperity. A motive of what? Glorifying God. <laughs> you know, when, when we are small, even now, some of the churches, you know, they dedicate Anglican church. I don't know about other churches, but in the place where they are doing the dedication, you see something like a plate where they are written. What the number that they say? To the glory of God and for the advancement of his kingdom. The foundation stone of this building or temple was laid by Susan Superson. How many of us know what I'm talking about? To the glory of what? And for the what? Advancement of his kingdom. These are the two reasons why God will like to prosper somebody here. If you can only say to God, not to my glory, not for the advancement of my own kingdom, but your kingdom, and I mean it from my heart, not open mouth, I seek your prosperity. You see, I'm going to end with the glory of God and maybe one or two other points today. By next Sunday, we will enter into practical. What are the practical? If you love anybody, friend, relation, believer, unbeliever, don't let the person be out of this place next Sunday. Because God is going to unveil mysteries. Things that when you know them and apply them, you are walking out of poverty immediately. But why we are dealing with this is that they are foundational. Eh? You need to have this basic understanding. Why you need to seek it. Of course, when they will come and join us, we will warn them seriously that they must listen to this, which they are missing now. Of course, maybe what you can do to help them is to give them the message, let them listen before the time. Amen. Now, note the following about glorifying God through financial dominion. Number one, God is not glorified in our lives by poverty. Why? Because Poverty cannot be a good representative of our God. 
Two of us. Our God is a great God. Our God is the owner of everything in heaven and on earth. The earth is the Lord. The fullness thereof. The world and everything in it belongs to who? And then you say you are a child of God. Who is a father that will want his son to suffer? Jesus said in Matthew 7, 11, he said, if you that are bad, fathers, still know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more to your heavenly father give good things? You need to read that scripture for me. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. How is verse 11? Let's read it together. I want to go. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, Give good things to them that ask him. Good things. Do you know what they call good things? When last did you eat good things? Oh. Are you getting what I'm saying? God will help also. I was telling a brother, I said, because they lodged us in hotel at Abakileke, lodged me in hotel at Nsoka, in the two programs I went. But the hotel of Unsoka is higher and more powerful. You are laughing. You know what hotel at uh, Abakilike is like. <laughs> so when I got into the hotel at Unsoka, oh my God, very something else. Something told me, this is how your house should be. Excuse me, if not, why not? You know, some of you are running away from your house. Very early in the morning, you have run out. You came back late and just put your head somewhere. And you, do, you know why you're running? If your house is like the hotel where I slept last night, oh my God, when you wake up, you will just press a button and cool Christian music will play into your head first. And then you will worship in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Do you know that there is a possibility of you entering into your house? You know some of these uh, doors that when they see you coming, they will open. Entering into your house or standing before your door, and your door will recite two scriptures for you. After resigning it, it will open. And the one he recited in the morning is not the one he's going to recite in the afternoon. You know it's possible. I was confused when we entered the hotel. The, I mean, this one. Because the light refused to shine. The key is not this thing you are holding, you are cocky. Key, when you carry the thing, you just put the thing we just open. And then, when you stay inside, oh my God, the light will not come on until you put the key somewhere. Once you put the key somewhere, everywhere. Let me ask your neighbor, would you phone and start the guy for? Okay, come. Now, do you know that naturally, if this is my son, naturally, every human father has this kind of heart. 
at least a good number. And I noticed that this boy is tattered, wearing rag, and all of that, and I'm a rich man. Do you think I'll be happy? Ah. I said, what? My own son, and everybody is seeing you like, hey! You'll be so ashamed. That's how God is feeling, though. You're not getting me. That's how God is feeling. And that's why he's crying. He said, my people are perishing, suffering. Look at me. I'm the owner of everything in heaven and on earth. They are not showcasing my glory. They are not showing forth the praises of him that has called them out from darkness into the marvelous light. He said, you are the royal priesthood, peculiar people, called out to manifest the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Everything that represents God. His riches, his honor, everything must be seen in your life. Thank you. If you tell unbelievers that God is my God and is not a poor God, I think they should see it by your wealth. Eh? But when you finish saying that, uh, God can do everything. Everything is possible, I believe. And then, in the night, you go and knock and say, the same unbeliever you're talking to, uh, can you borrow me 2,000? You know, my son is going back to school and I don't have anything to, just 2,000, I will pay tomorrow. An unbeliever. Will he believe that your God is, that can never bring glory to God. And that will make that person to be hardened in sin. And say, if your God cannot provide for you and you are in debt here and there, I'm not going to worship your God. Do you know that our state has hindered several people from repenting? Do you know that? You don't know. It's true. That's what glorifies God. There's a scripture that I'm going to deal with when we enter the keys, but there's something to get out of it now. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Are you there? Okay. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Everybody, verse 12. That you may walk honestly towards them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. I would like a simpler version. Good news, are you there? Just verse 13. Or verse 12. Any version that is simpler than King James, uh, Living Bible, please be fast. If I dare you read. Verse 12. Which version is that? Good news. Read fast. In this way, you will win the respect of what? Are you getting the Bible? The Bible says that the only way you can win the respect of unbelievers is when they see the glory of God manifest. In you having lack of nothing. As a student, your poor resort can never glorify God. When an unbeliever that is your classmate see that he's ahead of you in your class, you are coming 20 and he's coming fifth. There is no amount of gospel you will preach that will convert him. Two of us. As you know, Satan now, very wise guy. As you are preaching, Satan is saying, Look at this, this guy. Look at his result. He's preaching to you. Don't listen to him. Yeah, yeah, people. They don't have good results and they want to talk to you here. 
Students, are you here? Yes. This your poor result is a sign of poverty outside. Though. You better change. There's no reason why an unbeliever should perform better than you in the class. Because you have the spirit of excellence. Before I forget, there's a message I preach at UNN. Everybody should listen to that message. The spirit of excellence. On Wednesday, the spirit of excellence. Daniel was ten times better than the counterpart, unbelievers, because of this same spirit. And you have it. Amen. We should walk in financial dominion to show forth God's goodness and love. The glory of God is sum total of everything that is in God. His love, his goodness, his nature, his everything about God is represented by his glory. Now, the Bible says, Jesus says, let your light so shine among men that they should do, that they should see your good works and we do what? Glorify your father in heaven. That is to say, for God to receive glory, men shall see my good works. When I see the needy and the poor that doesn't have food, and I give them food, I say, in the name of my God, I give you food. What would that person say to God? Thank you, oh, oh God, for sending this man. God is being glorified. Let your light so shine. That people will see your good works. Eh? Let me tell you. Charity works. Helping the poor. Motherless babies. All those people. They are part of the way we demonstrate the glory of God. Because when they see those good works. You are not doing it for people to start clapping for you. You are doing it because you are led by the spirit. And as you do that. And people see what God is doing through your life. How the poor are being helped. How the needy and the hungry are being felt. They will say, ah, glory. That is to say, you are now prospering. And your prosperity is to the glory of God. Glorifying God. We are citizens of heaven. The Bible said. And heaven is not a poor place. Have you read Revelation 22? Describing the glory of heaven. Have you read it? What was the spirit of heaven made of? Eh? Pure, not gold, pure gold. We have two types of gold. Some people, when they get an impure gold, they will pay highly for it. Heaven is made of what? Street. Go and read your Bible. That's where our God is. And the Bible says, the heaven declares the glory of God. Psalm 19 verse 1. And the firmament showeth his handwork. The heaven declares what? The glory of God. Look at how beautiful God designed his living place. Say, heaven is my living place, my dwelling place. The earth is my footstool. And now, if the handiwork of heaven, of God is so beautiful and you are his workmanship, Ephesians 2 verse 10. You say, we are his handiwork. The same way heaven is beautiful is the same way your life should be beautiful. Are you following me at all? To the glory of God and for the advancement of his kingdom. I want to say this. God's integrity is inside his glory. And when God has made a promise in his word and said, this is what I will do. 
The truth is that God will want you to hold him by his word and say, God, this is what you said concerning me. That's the particular psalm that me and my family discovered. And for almost a year, more than one year, we, we are reading it and reciting it. That is Psalm 112. You need to know what is in that psalm. Very precious and powerful psalm. Don't forget it. I said in my family, we recited it for one year until the thing entered into us. Psalm 112, verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. Very, it's short psalm, but it carries weight. Are you in Psalm 112? Let's go together. I want to go. Look at the screen if you are not there. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his what? Number two. What is there? His seed shall be mighty upon heaven, upon the earth. Again, the generation of the upright shall be. Number three will turn you around. Let's go. Wealth and riches shall be where. Point at me and say, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Uh -uh. You know they hear me well. I didn't say you should point at <laughs> Look at what God said. Wealth. I don't have time to distinguish between wealth and riches, but maybe as we go, you are going to know the difference. Shall be in his house wealth and riches. This is what God said concerning you. His integrity is at stake if this does not happen in your life. That's why you have to hold him and say, God, this is what you said concerning me. Your glory must be shown in my life by this. You can read further. Just let's conclude it. One to go. Number four now. Unto the upright, there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. There is darkness around now. Darkness of insecurity. Darkness of price of things going up every, every day. And God said, there will arise what? Light for my children in the midst of darkness. If it's not happening in your life, something is wrong. You need to hold God this night and say, God, your word must surely come to pass. Not just the empty song we sing, his word must surely come to pass. I mean, holding on to, I say, this is your word. Wealth and riches should be in my house. I've not seen it. I want it to start now. And light is arising for me in the darkness we are seeing currently. Look at the Bible. God always blesses his people in the year of famine. It's all over the place. And God will do it for, you, for us. Let's finish it up now. Verse 5. A good man showed favor. He lended. Tell your neighbor from today, I command you to stand lending. No more borrowing. This your borrowing has system of debt has ended. He, he will guide his affairs with what? Description. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Evil news. Nigerian news is what? Evil news. Every day, anytime you want to read Nigerian news, prepare your heart for what? One evil news. And journalists like it a lot. A lot. They, already, they are used to it. Seven people died by UGM. You know what they call UGM? Unknown government. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. You will save Nigeria. You will deliver Nigeria. He said, he shall not be afraid of what? Evil. His heart is fixed. Trusting in who? 
His heart is established. He shall not be until he sees his desires upon his enemy. He has dispersed. He has given to the poor. So he's not poor. If he's poor, can he give to the poor? He has given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. That is your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody, verse, last verse, verse 10, together, want to go. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. What a precious psalm. The way you cram Psalm 23, go and cram this psalm. Mommy, we are going to start again. I don't know why we stopped. <laughs> we will start again. Morning devotion, once we finish, we recite it. Morning and night. We want it to enter into our heart so that it will begin to walk out in our life. Everybody should do the same. Hallelujah. So God will like to protect his, his integrity. In First Timothy chapter 6, verse 7 and eight, 17 and 18, he said, God giveth us all things richly to enjoy. So if God promises to do that to us, then his integrity is at stake if he doesn't give it to you. His glory is at stake. That's why he must bless us. And you must have that as a motive that my life will glorify God so that my life will reflect the word of God and the glory of God. And then Psalm 35 verse 27. Everybody, you, you will like that verse. You will like it. I, I bet you. Psalm 35 verse 27. Are you in Psalm 35, 27? Psalm 35, 27. Are you there? Let's read together. One to go. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yeah, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his word. Tell your neighbor, the Lord God of heaven that I serve, he has interest. He derives pleasure. Not in my poverty, but in my prosperity. And that is why I know I must be prosperous. Rise on your feet. Philippians 4.19 said, And my God shall supply all your needs. According to what? His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say it three times. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on everybody, everybody begin to pray now. Say to the Lord, I am going to seek the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, I am going to seek to glorify you. The Bible says that we must seek only the kingdom. Don't seek what to eat. Don't seek what to drink. Seek only to advance the kingdom. That should be the only motive. That should be the only desire. That should be the only thing that should make you to be motivated. The prosperity of fools will destroy them. Say to God, I will not be a fool in the subject of prosperity. 
I am going to be a student. I will learn everything I'm supposed to learn and I will apply them. As I'm learning, Lord, I receive grace to apply your word in my life. I am not going to be small because my God is not small. I'm not going to be poor because my God is not poor. Jesus walked in financial dominion. He was not a poor man. He was a very rich man that has access. And he advanced the kingdom by his wealth. I am going to advance the kingdom by the wealth you are going to give me. It's going to be to your glory. My life must represent your glory. La 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 la. Somebody's level is changing today because your motive is setting right. Say to God, My motive is getting right. You can promise God and say to God, As you bless my life, I am going to stand out. I will not be like others that converted your kingdom world into idol and they are worshiping it. Your sanctuary must be built. The song that requires sunset, Thy kingdom come, your majesty. Thine is the kingdom, it must come. My life must reflect the kingdom. to buy time I need to buy time I don't need to waste all the time in my life struggling for things if you own a car it's not a sin if you own a house it's not a sin Jesus had a house in his own house we read in the Bible I want to become like Jesus Blessed is the man that feared the Lord. I am not going to be small. My God is not. I am walking out of poverty with the right motive. With the right motive. With the right motivation. Wealth and riches must be in my house. 
God is interested in my prosperity, not my poverty. My good works shall be seen. My helping the poor. I will give to the poor. I will not lend. No more borrowing. No more borrowing. I'm a lender from today. Light is rising up for me in this darkness. Light is springing up from my life in this darkness. I see light. I see light. I see light. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Malanto cantala bashante le bosonto la bashante. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Please hold one person by your side, one person, and pray and say, God, change his mindset and motive to align with your kingdom advancement and your glory concerning financial dominion. Change it now, Lord. Change it now, Lord. Cause him to have correct motive, correct mindset, so that you can bless him. Turn him from being a fool to being a wise person in the area of finance, so that you can be free to prosper him, and his prosperity will not destroy him. Malanto candala bashanda, zendele bashanda rabasanda, landa rabasundo la bashande, landa rabasundo la bashande le bush, lendele bushanda rabasande le bushanda, lendele bushanda rabasande le bushanda rabakanda. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody lift up your two hands now. Father, I pray that this word will work out your glory in the life of your people. Let the mindset change. Let the wrong motive be transformed to become a right motive so that your prosperity will flow and we will prosper as our soul prospereth. Until we come to the point of financial dominion. In the name of Jesus. To the glory of God. And for the advancement of his kingdom. Shall every one of us prosper. And our life will reflect that glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website, www.calvaryonline.org. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivalibos at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.